Are you a college student looking for extra guidance on how to figure out your life after college? Maybe you need to spice up your resume, find the best way to answer difficult interview questions, or you just want to be in the right mindset for determining your career path. My best-selling career ebook guide is now available on the official podcast website at whatfulfillsyou.com where you can also find the recent merchandise drop of the What Fulfills You Daily Signature Notebook, which is my go-to vegan leather notebook for writing down gratitude, priorities, meeting notes, and so much more. You can find all of this on the official website at whatfulfillsyou.com. Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the What Fulfills You podcast. My name is Emily Elizabeth, and I am your host. Welcome if you're brand new to the show and this is your first episode tuning in. Today's episode is actually a really unique one because the guest on my show today, she DM'd me, um, I think this is maybe like over a month ago now, and she had just shared a little bit of her story over DMs, just kind of how, as you can tell from the title, she had a long relationship and then she actually ended up marrying someone she met on Tinder. And if you are pretty familiar with my thought process on a lot of things, I'm all about sharing different walks of life, regardless if you are a founder or a business owner or you work full time or you are a freelancer or you're just a friend of mine, whoever it may be. I love to share unique stories because I'm a firm believer in having takeaways from different stories, regardless if you are actually in their shoes, you know what I mean? And with a lot of you being young women or just women in your 20s like I am, I think a common topic that we often more or less tend to struggle on is just the relationships aspect and learning how to be more independent, more willing to be gutsy and take on something for ourselves versus for someone else. And that's why I really try to bring on different people to talk about certain lessons they've learned because over time you'll see it just becomes part of your mindset and it really helps strengthen your choices in being the person you want to be. And so a little backstory on Miranda and what she's going to be talking about today But before we get into the episode, I want to incorporate my weekly gratitude and something I do try my best to share every week, although if you listen every week, you know that's not the case right now. But I did want to share, um, kind of random, kind of not, but one thing I'm really grateful for today, and I want to put it out in the ether, is that I'm really grateful for technology and the podcasting world and how easy it is to access podcasts and YouTube videos and different content from creators around the world and obviously I am a creator of some sort myself uh, so I'm grateful for it in that aspect but I'm really grateful just because I know that my parents, your parents, and the older generation did not grow up with this. And even a lot of the successful entrepreneurs or successful 
individuals and thought leaders we look up to today who are maybe in their 40s and 50s um, and who have done a lot already in their life I recognize that they did not grow up with podcasts and easy access to audiobooks or Instagram or social media or the internet or even a cell phone. And I think um, sometimes it can be easy to take it for granted or just to forget that life did exist prior to that. And so I guess this is my way of sharing my my gratitude for it existing in my world today you know there's obviously a lot of pros and cons with it right but um that's why i do want to shed light on the positive aspect of it because i was in the gym this morning and i was listening to ryan surhan and he is someone that i look up to a lot especially in his mentality towards work and business and just really being relentless and ruthless in becoming the person he wants to be for himself, for his family, for his wife, etc. And um, I was able to listen to his podcast as well with Damon John, who is one of the sharks on Shark Tank, if you watch the show. And I was listening to Damon John talk about how he used to work at Red Lobster. It was just a nice reminder for me. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that had to stay grounded during their come up, per se. And He even mentioned to himself, if he had social media and Instagram the way we do today, his business would have been worth at least 100 billion versus whatever it was worth. I think he said 8 billion by the time it was um, in evaluation. So uh, yeah, I don't want this to be too much of a tangent, but I did want to point out that I am really grateful for technology in the positive impact it has had on my life and our life in general and I certainly hope that we can continue to at least look at the positive aspects of each component in our daily lives but uh, aside from that just wanted to share that really quickly with you guys and I will try my best to incorporate more weekly gratitude because I have heard that it does um, almost kind of push you all to think more in a gratitude light so With that being said, we shall get into today's episode. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. All right. Well, Miranda, thank you so much for joining me today. I am really excited to have you on. I know you reached out via TMs and I thought your story was super interesting and unique because I'm all about having people on the show that can really share a just honest and raw story of something that has happen to them in their life and can be very applicable to younger people. So I guess I'll just have you share a brief rundown of your story and then we'll dive into it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I know messaging you was kind of random, but I came across (laughs) your podcast and it was really great. Um, Yeah, so I'm Miranda and I am from Mississippi and I was in a relationships starting in high school and living the dream and decided, you know, to go to university, go to college. So we did that after being together for a while, you know, you have your ups and downs and I was kind of getting anxious and 
impatient with the pressures of a long-term relationship, you know, the, when are you going to get married talk Mm -hmm. from all your friends and family. And so I just decided to just keep going forward. He'll come along eventually. And so I started to get my big girl job after I graduated. And then I decided, you know what, I'm just going to buy a house and hopefully he'll, you know, come to the realization that we should probably start getting engaged and figuring out our lives. But he was kind of still stuck doing his thing and living back with his parents. So I decided to bite the bullet and just call it quits. So I was living in my house alone for a while and decided it got a little lonely, got the roommate and buying the house was a little interesting, especially alone. And it was a very quick process, but now looking back, it was the best decision I could have made. Um, you know, deciding to put myself first, stop waiting on someone else to get their ducks in order and just move on with my life. I think that that was probably one of the hardest decisions I could have made because being in a relationship for over seven years, you kind of just become one person. You know, you have the same friends, you have the same routine, but in the end, it was just the best decision I could have made. And I just wanted to get word out and spread like, it's terrifying to imagine your life flipped around in one day and it's definitely doable and you're definitely not alone. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. There's, there's definitely a lot of interesting things there. So I guess we'll start off with the relationship part. You were dating this guy for seven years since the last semester of high school. And even for me, when I look back, my longest relationship was four years and that was primarily all of college. And even for me, I hesitated on ending it for just kind of, um, I guess, like fear of the unknown on like what's going to happen when, you know, you take this person out of your life. Mm-hmm. How did how did you get over that fear? And it obviously sounded like, you know, you recognize your life was going to change. You were with someone for so long. And I think that is also a very common fear that women especially have when it comes to ending things with a partner when you've dated for so long and it's letting go of that comfort zone. How were you able to do it um, back in your day? Gosh, I mean, from our relationship starting in February 2012 to 2018 or no, 2019, it we talked every day. I mean, Mm -hmm. we texted good morning every day and good night every day. So when towards the end, it was, I I had felt just like a sister at that point, you know, our relationship Mm -hmm. had just gotten so, you know, custom. And I mean, I don't want to say boring because it definitely wasn't boring, but it was just so normal and it wasn't, Mm -hmm. it didn't feel like there was a future. And Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people might run into that with either long distance relationships or really long-term relationships. It's like, do you see a future with this person? Like I sat down and I really looked at the situation and I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to be 24 soon. And 
I, I just don't know how I see our, like our future. Like, are we going to get married soon? Or I, I just bought this house and I really want him to move in with me, but he's not, he's not giving me the signs that we're going to move in, but you know, we're totally in love. And I mean, we hang out every day. We see each other every day. I mean, we had a routine and when I just decided like, you know what, he's not going to get his life in order. He's not telling me that we're going to get engaged soon. We're, he's not giving me those signs. I just need to cut it because we're just wasting each other's times at this point. And he definitely was not expecting it. I will say mm. <laughs> when I, when I met him up and, and I actually met him at the location that we used to go on our dates to in high school. So I kind of felt bad about that, but it just made me feel so comfortable. Mm. Um, but when I, when I laid it out for him, he was really upset. I mean, we talked for like an hour and I was upset too, but I had already gotten over those feelings and he was asking mm. me, why aren't you crying? Why aren't you upset? And I was like, well, I thought about that too, but I think over the past year, I have found myself thinking about our relationship and crying about it in the moment. Mm. Mm. And he had no idea. So, I mean, I feel like I did voice out my concerns throughout the relationship, but he, you know, he, you know, brought me back down and was like, well, everything's okay. Like we're still mm. young. We don't need to rush into anything. And I didn't see it as being rushed. I mean, we were together for over seven years and we were out of college and we were back in our hometown. So I didn't see the delay in anything. So it was very hard, especially on him mm-hmm. when it came from nowhere. I am curious because you did mention that, you know, at that point you, you know, you had bought your first home and you were really, you know, curious about when he was going to pop the question, when you guys were going to, you know, build a future together. And I'm assuming some might say, well, what, yeah, what, what is the rush or maybe not the rush, but if you're already together for seven and you do, you know, plan to be together in the long run, why would you need to essentially settle down at what, 22, 23 years old? Um, What was your thought process in that? Is that something just based on, you know, values or why did you feel inclined that in order for that to progress, that you and him had to pretty much, you know, prepare to maybe think about engagement and marriage and like living in a house together, that kind of thing? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that stems from just being in the South and, having all your friends getting engaged while they're in college and planning their wedding some mm-hmm. during college, which I was like, Whoa, y'all slow down. <laughs> but a lot of our friends, like I said, we had all the same friends from high school. We all stayed in Mississippi. And after we all moved back home, everyone, like all of our friends who had been together since high school as well. Um, I had a couple of friends that you know, they, when they started, they actually started dating like in middle school, which is, which was shocking to me, but they were getting engaged and married after college. So it was just one of those things where we moved back home and I was like, well, I don't want to move back in with my parents Mm -hmm. and I need to get somewhere stable to live. And I don't want to, I need a roommate and I would love to live with my boyfriend. I would love to live with this person, but in his eye, it was his 
views. It was just him being like, well, I don't feel comfortable. My, me and my parents don't feel comfortable living together unless we're married. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay. But on my side of things, I didn't see an issue with it. I mean, my parents didn't care. So he immediately moved back home and we ended up just doing the whole dating thing all over again. So it was almost like high school again, where I was gone all day. I come back home and then it, we were texting, Hey, what do you want to do tonight? Mm. And I was like, wow, it's literally back 2012. And I'm trying to decide, are we going to hang out tonight? Are we going to do dinner or are we going to go see a movie? And then I'm just going to go back home alone Mm -hmm. and be with my dog. (laughs) Right. Did you ever consider at that point, um, you know, leaving your small hometown? And I guess I asked that from a perspective of growing up in a small hometown as well. I grew up in a very rural town in Pennsylvania of 8,000 people. It's like cornfields everywhere. And which is crazy because people where I live now in LA, no one could ever imagine me growing up in that environment. But I'm curious, did that ever cross your mind for those, you know, who are, who grew up in a similar situation as you, um, who are unsure of like, you know, do I go back home after college, that kind of thing? Oh yeah, for sure. I think after college, I was applying for internships in Dallas and maybe even one in Florida. I was, when I was growing up, I was always like, all right, I got to get out of Mississippi. Like this is not where I want to end up. And I think after we both got back home to get situated, um, I was trying to, I was applying for jobs with my degree and he was just at home, not really doing anything. Um, he was like, oh, I can live in Mississippi forever. And I was like, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. I don't think I could live here forever. Yeah. <laughs> but, so I think when I was telling him like back in maybe our junior year, I was like, I'm going to apply for some internships in Dallas or maybe just out and about, you know, I'm trying to you know, explore, not see what else other places have to offer. And I, he didn't really understand, you know, I I realized that he was definitely a homebody Mm. and I was just the total opposite. And I think that's just what happens when you're in a relationship Mm. for so long and you're growing as a person, you just start growing apart. And Mm -hmm. it took, it took me that long to realize, like, we don't want the same things. And Mm -hmm. I I don't want to be in Mississippi forever. I want to be in this small town. And when I was buying my house, it was like almost, a, you know, it was my last effort to save what we had. I, you know, I'll be in here for a couple of years. I've just got my job and I need to stay here for a while and be with my family. And it, it wasn't, let's see, that was in May that I bought it ended up breaking up the next year so we I was there for a while and mm-hmm. you know he would come over regularly and helped me with the yard work and um helped me paint and decorate and things but that was really about it he didn't have one single item in my house that was his mm. and so it, it was just a little weird it didn't mm. feel normal it didn't feel like it should be did you recognize in that moment that you both had misaligned values in a sense, or maybe misaligned uh, priorities. And do you feel like that contributed to the overall reason as to why the relationship was ending? I know you kind of alluded to it in the sense of you guys grew apart, but I kind of see as maybe perhaps you, I mean, you grew apart, but especially you grew apart in your 
your values, your priorities, your vision in life? Would you say that was kind of what was um, contributing to that final outcome? I think so. I mean, I realized that I was settling. Like, mm-hmm. I was just so comfortable, you know, yeah. being with this person for so long and just them knowing what I, knowing what I'm thinking and knowing what I'm wanting whenever we go somewhere. And it's just so comfortable. I think mm. that's it. You just feel so natural and like you can be yourself around that person. And when things started to kind of crumble, I was just realizing I don't want to settle. Like, I feel like I could do a lot better. I feel like I could find Mm. someone that wants the same things as me, that wants me to grow and be where I want to be and not try to talk me into it, you know, talk, talk me into staying at home or let me know that this is normal for people our age or, Mm. and I just, I didn't want to settle. And I mean, I had it coming from all sides. Like my parents were telling me, you know, when are y'all going to get engaged? And Uh, you just need to, you know, you're getting, you know, my mom was making me feel like I was getting old. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not even 24. Like I have time. And she would just be like, no, 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 no. You know, I'm worrying about you. You're not, you know, you're, you're not engaged and you're not mm-hmm. getting married. And I was like, well, that's not what I need. I didn't feel mm-hmm. like I needed to be engaged. I just felt the pressure from everyone. And I didn't, and I wasn't confident that we were meant to be together. Like I didn't, I wasn't feeling that anymore and what I felt Mm -hmm. in college, you know, right. In in college, I was just so like, Oh, we're going to end up together. And we're just in Mm -hmm. school right now. And afterward we're going to go home and maybe we'll stay in Oxford, you know, but that was just kind of what I was pushed into, you know, Mm -hmm. would you say that? Cause you kind of mentioned too, that I, that point you started to feel like the relationship was a little too natural in a sense where it it wasn't that exciting anymore. It didn't have that spark per se. Would you kind of describe it as kind of stagnant in a sense and almost like you maxed out the, I don't know what the word would be, but I guess like you maxed out the opportunity or the maxed out the growth opportunity within that relationship? Yeah, I think some point during our years in college, I think we just are two, we just found out that we were just two different people. And Mm -hmm. I kind of felt in a sense, like he was pushing me to be more of someone else Mm -hmm. sometimes. And I think I did bring that up a couple of times where I was like, you know, I feel like when I do this, you, you you get on to me or something like I I cuss sometimes. And he he was not about it. I remember he would get on to me and I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> that's just, that's just me, me, me. Like, I'm sorry. It was just, it got to be like little things where he would correct me or like say, and this was later in the relationship, say like, no, you don't, you don't actually think that, or you're not being serious. Are you that kind of thing? And, and I got to the point where later on, I was like, I'm just going to be me. Like, I don't really care what he thinks. And maybe, I mean, obviously that didn't change his point of view of me. I I never, I always kind of thought maybe he'll bring up this up to me. Like maybe he'll want to end things, but it was never, he never seemed to have any issues or at least he didn't talk to me about it. 
Because mm. I do feel like we were almost just two different people at that point towards the end. And mm-hmm. I think I would, I was trying to distance myself. And I was like, maybe he'll bring it up. Maybe he'll start the conversation. Because mm. I just was almost, I was just so nervous. You know, mm-hmm. everyone's nervous to end a relationship, whether that's a week or um, 10 years later, everyone's nervous. Yeah. But I just, it was just what I had to do. Do you feel like you felt that inkling of you should end things before you actually ended things, if that makes sense? Like, so, you know, you ended Mm -hmm. it after a little over seven years, but do you, like, when was the first time you actually had that thought? Was it earlier than that? Yeah, it was, Mm -hmm. it was earlier. I mean, everyone has like their breaks in a relationship and we definitely had one major break, but it didn't last that long. And it was in between college. It was in some point in college. So I think at that point it was like a, okay, that wasn't good. (laughs) What could happen in the future? And when the first time we had a minor hiccup in the relationship, like nothing happened. It was just like a me freaking out again, having these same thoughts of what is going to happen with our future. Mm. And when that first happened, I thought, you know what, Miranda, stop. You're getting into your head. Y'all are good. Y'all are meant to be. That's what I told myself back then. Like y'all are soulmates. Come on. You're, you're fine. And so, you know, we fixed everything, got back together, but I say, mm, I would say right after I bought my house a few months in, I really kind of had that figured out. I knew that for a fact it was, it was over, but Mm. I just, I just wanted to, you know, try to fix it. Like that's why, that's why I bought the house and that's why I got him to help me paint it. And I was just trying to make it work. Cause I was like, you know what? He does make me happy. And we have all the same friends and our family knows each other. We've been together for so long. Like, why would I want to waste this time with this person? Mm-hmm. Like I should try to make it work. But when you try, it just doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. you have to really try on a relationship, it's, it's time to call it quits. Like, yeah. and I should have called it quits long before. <laughs> mm, yeah. And it's funny. I was asking that because I felt the same way about my four-year relationship that I ended, you know, way over a year ago now, but um, I just remember having that feeling. And when I was reflecting, I was thinking I recognized it way before mm-hmm. that I actually pulled the plug. And so I was curious <laughs> if you had the same um, inkling as well, but I feel like what would your advice be to yourself then in that moment? Like, would you be able to tell yourself you should actually, you know, move on with your life and, you know, just pull the plug sooner? Or do you feel like you would have still let it play out the way it did, if that makes sense? Like, like I'm just, I guess I'm asking, like, was that try worth it? Like, was it worth your effort and time and mm-hmm. energy? Yeah, I would say it's probably wasn't worth it I feel like in you're just wasting time at that point if you have Mm -hmm. that first major feeling hit you of this might not work and there's and like the might is like a big capitalized bold might Mm -hmm. and it 
I probably should have just, I feel like I did bring up these feelings to him, but again, you know, that other person, they're going to try to keep you in. They're going to try to hold you and tell you it's just, it's just a little phase or you're just in your head. Everything's going to work out. But I feel like if you find yourself coming back to that thought more than once, and to me, it was every drive home from work. Mm. I was thinking about it, listening to some music, probably some something super emotional or something. And I would just get in my head and think about it. And I would find myself just tearing up and thinking about what's going on. Like, why am I, why am I wasting my time with this? Like I'm trying for a relationship that I'm not really happy in. Is it just because I'm comfortable? Is it because we have the same friends that we talk to every day? Cause I knew that once I ended things like my, that life that I had was, would be gone. I mean, I lost so many friendships. Like we obviously still follow each other on social media. Like all of my guy friends from high school, all of their girlfriends and I, and even his parents, I mean, I loved his family. They were all so great. I mean, I I went over there for every Christmas, every Easter, Every holiday, I would spend half my time with my family and then my time with his family. We took pictures every year. It was just so many memories. And if in by keeping it going for another mm. eight months to a year, those were just memories that we didn't have to make. It just right, makes it right. harder. Mm-hmm. It definitely made it harder because, again, he was shocked. He did not expect it. And that was because we just kept it going. And I feel like if I would have ended it sooner, maybe, maybe that would have changed things, but in the end, it's all meant to be. And I'm I'm glad I did when I did it. Right. (laughs) I guess I want to shift gears into actually talking about how you bought your house in your early twenties. I think that's something um, a lot of people start to think about after college and just kind of, you know, depending if they go to a major city or they, you know, go towards maybe a smaller hometown or suburb area. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess the first component I wanted to see if you could share is how did you do it financially? What was, was, did you have saved up before? Did you, you know, have any assistance? Did you go Mm -hmm. through, you know, like the whole buying process on your own? What was that like? So I, I was, I did not think about it at all before. Um, I got my job and my office job February, 2018. And I was like, oh, dang, I'm getting a fat paycheck. Let me see if I can buy a house because I was so sick and tired of paying rent, like paying over a thousand dollars to rent a house. And either that's in like back at where I went to school or back at home. That's what rentals were going for. And there are no apartments where I'm from, by the way, like this is a small town, you know how it goes. Like there were no mm-hmm. apartments. You find like some rental houses that here and there, and they would be over a thousand dollars. I was not about the roommate life. So I had a real estate friend who became, he became a realtor after high school. And I just texted him and I was like, Hey, I think I want to buy a house. And he was like, Okay, of course he jumped right on it because like commission. So he he gave me, he just called me. He's like, okay, well, what do you want? And I was like, well, 
I don't really know, but um, I just got my job. He's like, okay, we'll call this print number and get pre-qualified. So I called and they asked me how much you get paid and what kind of debts you have. And of course, I just got out of college. So like big college debt and I had my car and I was paying a car note. So I had that too. So I got pre-qualified and basically now I was able to just kind of search and in the main city where I'm from, there's like a downtown area that's kind of close. So I actually wanted to live closer to the cool, I don't want to say hipster, but just like cool, lively areas with young people. And a lot of people that I graduated high school with were actually living there, whether they were renting or that sort of thing. So I did not have any money saved up. And my parents, I didn't want their help because I'm I would say I'm a pretty independent person. And when I was talking to my friend, he's like, well, you qualify for a first time home buyer. So you can get money down from the government and it's just, it's free. So I was like, okay. And basically um, when I was just kind of watching the market, see it was coming up and this was in 2018 and I saw a house. It was really cute. It was a, um, mid-century modern three bedroom two bath and it was actually on an acre lot which was really awesome to be like Mm -hmm. in the city and um I put an offer on it and I actually knew that when the day went up like four other people were signed up to go look at it and I was like I do not want to lose this place it is so awesome and so I put in more than asking And I put in whatever closing costs he advised me to also put in. And um, I actually got the house like the next day. So we were on contract within 24 hours and I was super nervous about it. First time home buyers loan that you can get was actually perfect. I mean, they basically help you with your down payment on a house. Mm. So all I had to pay were closing costs, which were a little tough, but other than that, I mean, I really, I was not, I was not ready at all. I did not have anything saved up. <laughs> Interesting. So then for the closing costs, did you, so you didn't use money that you had kind of set aside for savings. You kind of just used it from your paycheck or. Yeah, I didn't have any savings. So when I was, you basically, it was like 30 days to close. And my agent was like, you need to go ahead and start saving up because closing costs are probably going to be, you know, a couple thousand. And I was like, oh, okay. And within that month, it was like little costs here and there. You got to pay for um, inspection. You have to pay for people to come through and look for like bugs and stuff. I don't know. It was just like a lot of little things where they needed a check from me, whether it was Mm -hmm. like a couple hundred or like um, like $50, that kind of thing. So it was a lot of paperwork. It was a lot of like, hurry up and fax this over to me. And it was, it was very fast paced once you start the process. And, um, I'm so glad I did it at, I don't know, I guess that was 2018. I'm 26 now, I guess that was three years ago. Yeah. So at 23, I was like, very nervous, but looking back, I'm so glad, like I know a lot about it because now I'm 26 and I'm like, okay, like if I'm ready to do that again, 
I know what steps to do. And I know that I need to save up this much for closing costs. Instead of when that day came, I was literally scraping coins from everything I could scrape Mm. from. And then I actually got to closing that day. And that morning, you you actually don't find out how much you're going to close until like the night before or the day of. So like the day of, they tell you, go to this place. We're going to sign all the paperwork. The seller's agent's going to be there. Bring your money, bring a cashier's check. And I was like, I was Googling, what is a cashier's check? (laughs) And um, they told me how much was going to be to the cent. So I went and got that. And I took the day off because I knew I was going to be driving around like crazy. So took the day off, went, got the check went to closing. And then they said, they gave me the amount. And I was like, that's not what I have. And I looked around at my agent and I was like, did they change it? He goes, I think he just refreshed it. And it was like a couple dollars more. And I'm Ooh. thinking, I don't have cash on me. Who has cash? Yeah. And literally around the table, my agent pulls out his wallet. The the seller's agent pulls out his wallet and they all start like gathering up their dollars and coins. Oh my God. It was just, it was like the sweetest thing. And I was like, what are y'all doing? And they were like, oh, you know, I don't want this to, you know, cause any setbacks or there's no reason for you to have to go get another one. And we'll just, we'll just put in our dollars on it. And I was like, that's the sweetest thing I've ever heard. Y'all are so nice. And uh, I always think back, I'm like, that is so funny that they actually did that. And these random people I just met are pulling out their dollars to <laughs> add to my little cashier's check. And um, it was just the all, the best experience. And I can't recommend it enough. Like, I hate renting. Giving someone else money to put into their mortgage in which they're going to be getting a higher you know, pay later when they try to sell. I don't know. It's just building up their property value. And mm-hmm. I'm so glad I did it. I mean, I was only there for three years Mm -hmm. and it was, I mean, my, I ended up selling it for more. I got a, I got money back and I had built some equity in it. And I think that that's such a good thing to do for young people Like, go ahead and start building equity in something, whether you buy it, renovate and rent it out, or you buy it and stay there for five years or so. Mm -hmm. I do want to shift gears as well now to chat about your now relationship slash marriage. Fast forward a little bit. So I'm reading the little bio that you sent over. So it looks like you downloaded Tinder after a few months of being single and you met a guy who you went to high school with, Um, but you didn't know him prior. But I guess I'll just have you share kind of the next part. When did you guys officially meet? How was, you know, the first date? It looks like, you know, things went pretty quickly as well from June through October. So how about you share that whole, I guess, new chapter of your life and moving past your previous long relationship? Yeah, so I going back when I said I felt like my last relationship was kind of over, you know, a year before I finally broke up. Um, Because of that, when I was ready to put myself back out there to see if I'm even, I I felt like I was so out of the game after being in a relationship for so long. I did not know how to go about finding someone or anything like that. And so a few months after I had broken up and settled and 
got back to a normal routine, I downloaded Tinder because I was super bored and a few people that um, I went to high school with, I actually swiped past. I was like, oh my goodness, they're going to see me. They're going to know I'm available. I do not want that. So I really didn't have it for long, but I did come across this guy that um, I went to high school with. He didn't graduate with me. I think he left, he left like our junior year and I never spoke to him, but he immediately called my eye. All I saw was his first name and I immediately went on Facebook because I knew his last name to see what he was up to. And so we hung out, well, we talked for a couple of weeks. Like we didn't actually hang out in person for a little while just to kind of see, you know, if we were compatible at all. And we had so much in common. So when we finally hung out, it was like, amazing fireworks all the cheesy movie stuff that you see and then we officially started dating of June 2019 and I would say a couple months later we were talking about him moving in with me because he was living with a guy from work and I was like, you're a little too far from me. I mean, he wasn't too far, but with traffic and everything, I did, I was not about it. We were, we ended up seeing each other every day after we officially started dating. We talked every day, hung out every day. And let's see, I guess it was August, August, 2019. We actually went to the store and got a ring and we got engaged shortly after. <laughs> so, um, we decided to get a little chapel in um, where in the city that I'm from, where I work at, and we invited our parents, and we actually got married in October 2019. So we started dating in June, engaged in August, and we got married the end of October. Wow. And I'm sure you probably have heard, you know, just people in general are, are surprised for you to get engaged after just one month and also that what a couple months prior you had ended a seven-year relationship right mm-hmm. yeah so uh, what was going through your mind I mean why did you like did you not want to date him longer e- even though you felt all these align like this alignment with him and you know he really checked all the boxes why did you feel like okay the next step should be engagement and we should do this within, you know, this next month. Like what was, I don't want to say what was the rush, but what was the, you know, why, why August versus a year later? Oh yeah. I think it was just one of those things where we knew that we wanted to spend our lives together and we didn't feel the need to date for another year, you know, And when you date for a year or two years, you have that pressure on you of what are we going to be? Are we going to get married one day? And we knew by that point after dating a couple, I'd say maybe three weeks, we actually knew that we really wanted to get married and we wanted to spend forever together. Um, We just knew that we didn't have to date to keep you know, to know each other and keep learning about each other. Like we can get married, like we can do this. We're, we're both 25 and we just didn't see the 
point of waiting, you know, like what, what exactly are you waiting for? If you know in your heart that y'all are meant to be and that you're, that everything is aligning, why wait to go ahead and, you know, sign the paperwork saying that you're going to be married and that you're going to be faithful to each other. If you have that trust with with that person, we just knew that it was what we felt like we had to do. Mm-hmm. And I will say, I do think that especially what I've learned from after getting out of a long-term relationship as well is that I could see myself get, you know, basically uh, getting engaged or whatever that may be a lot quicker that versus dating someone for, you know, another three to four years, not saying I prefer one or the other, but I will say I recognize now at my age too, um, being just about two years out of college, like I, you know, you learn so much from being in a long relationship that you understand yourself so well, and what you're looking for, what your needs are, that you are kind of able to I guess, filter out what's not going to work and those that are potential options. You know what I mean? So I feel like that may be something you had experience as well with, with um, your, I guess, your now husband. Yeah, it was one of those things where I dated that person for so long, but there was no need. If we weren't in college, I feel like if we had met each other outside of college and there was no need to have to date that person for so long. You know, um, if, if I were to, you know, if my friend were to meet someone now and she kept dating them for seven years, I'd be like, why, you know, are you not sure of that? You want to, you know, spend your time with this person forever or are y'all just comfortable with it? Like if you don't have like either like promise ring or, you know, engage, I just feel like there's just like this, this unsureness of like, if you just trust each other, you know, like it couldn't, it doesn't have to do with like, if you are truly in love, that kind of thing, because everyone has their opinion about that. But I feel like if you don't have something permanent written down um, on your finger or around your neck, or just something that shows like, I trust you and I want to be with you for a long time and I see my future with you. Um, that's just not what I had with that person. And so I just could not see myself. Like you said, after being, after dating someone for that long, like I was not about to waste a couple more years of my life. And I was mm-hmm. 25, like I, and I want to have kids and I want to just, I wanted to travel and I just didn't want to do that. <laughs> mm, gotcha. Um, okay. I feel like this is a really good question um, for the young women that listen to this show, but out of everything that you've learned from just your first relationship, buying the house, um, you know, through college and then after college, and then also just where you're at now and also only being 26, uh, what would be your advice, I guess, almost to yourself if you were talking to a 22 year old girl right now who are, who's just about to graduate college, what's your advice to her in how, you know, pursuing life after college, young adult life, but then also, especially in relationships, what would you tell her or again, your younger self about what to do or what not to do? I would say just put yourself first before thinking or doing anything for someone else. Um, If I would have told myself that I would have 
I don't know where I'd be right now, but Mm -hmm. I feel like I would have made way better decisions. I feel like I would have met different people. I feel like different opportunities would have come for me if I would have said, you know what, I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to put another person in my view, whether that's your parents or your boyfriend or girlfriend. Like I just, if you're making a decision on someone else, like, okay, well, I could move here, but then I'd be long distance with this person or, um, I could just rent for now or do this kind of thing. Just, if you just put yourself first, you will always make the best decision. Mm. Um, I feel like I just always put me and that person into our situation like we were one person Mm. which I shouldn't have you know if you're young and you have all you have so many opportunities like I could have done so many different things after college either that would have been like an internship or going to visit someone in you know in New York I have family up there and I wanted to go spend time with them but I didn't want to leave my boyfriend back at home like what was I thinking (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know I feel like we just you can lose out on so many great opportunities if you don't be selfish for a little bit Mm -hmm. like you're young be selfish make mistakes because that's the only way that you learn from my experience I have made so many mistakes like keeping that relationship going when it was not like it it should have been going any longer than it should have and making the mistakes of, you know, not having like savings for a house. Like Mm -hmm. that was probably not a good idea. Um, and I don't know, you just, you just make all these mistakes and it's fine because you're going to come out of it and you're young and you have, you still have time. And I still have friends right now who are dealing with boyfriend issues or career questions. And I just try to give them so much advice of, you know, think about you in the situation and don't do, don't make a big life decision based on someone else. hundred percent. I, I couldn't agree more with that. You, you really can't rely on someone else for being part of your future um, or, mm-hmm. you know, making decisions with them in mind and hoping that it'll flow that way because we all know it doesn't always flow the way we think of it. Well, thank you so much for being on today's episode. I really enjoyed this conversation. I think there's a lot of unique lessons learned from your, you know, past relationship and just your experience with it. Like I said in the beginning, it's just a very raw insight look into just how an everyday person has gone through it. And I think a lot of people, especially young women, could learn to understand that it's actually so important to put yourself first and understand that you do need to make decisions for yourself and go with what your intuition is saying. So thank you for sharing all of that. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. I I just wanted to get the word out that it's possible to just feel like you're starting your life over, Mm -hmm. even when you're young. (laughs) Everything, (laughs) anything's possible. 
And that was all for today's episode with Miranda. I hope you enjoyed this unique story and had your own takeaways. I certainly had takeaways or rather reminders because like you heard in the show, I have had a similar situation prior when I was in a relationship for four years and I definitely realized a lot of what she mentioned afterwards and so if anything that's you know the same type of lesson I would share with you all but if you did enjoy this episode it would mean so much to me if you could rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. It literally takes 10 to 30 seconds of your day. I'm not even joking. Even if you listen on Spotify, it's so easy to go over to Apple Podcasts on your computer, on your phone, wherever. Um, And more importantly, don't forget the limited edition What Fulfills You Leather Daily Signature Notebook is available on the official website at whatfulfillsyou.com. It is limited edition, meaning once it's sold out, it is gone for good. Thank you for tuning in today and I will catch you all next time.